flop at that time. Yeah. Hey, practice that helps. Good evening. Tonight we're going to be learning Matzechas Yoma, Daf Chavtechtamid Beis, and Daf Lamet to catch up, and then we'll be uh, almost. We're going to get close to the bottom of Lamet Amid Beis. Uh, we'll stop about three fourths of the way down, uh, and then we will call it a night. But we're starting tonight on the bottom of Chavtechtamid Aleph, about seven lines or so, eight lines from the bottom, at the two dots, and the two dots references our Mishnah which is at the very beginning of this new parak, which is called the parak of Amar Lahem Hamimuna. And in this, and in this uh, first Mishnah, it speaks about someone who, a, who um, brought a korban, uh, korban tamid shel shachar a little bit too early. So if you look at the Mishnah on Kavches Madala for just a moment, it says there that if you bring it too early, someone did this too early. And what they did is they had to shach to us a tamid vo'tzu and they had to throw it out. So then back to where we are in Chavtes Medala. This is where the Gemara picks up eight lines from the bottom of the two dots. Shachtu Esatamid. Amos, when was this? Was this during the year or was it on Yom Kippur? If you want to tell me that the Korban Tamid that our Mishnah is discussing is throughout the year, well, throughout the year, the Kohen Gadol wasn't the one to bring it, yet our Mishnah is speaking about a Kohen Gadol. Why couldn't it have been someone who wasn't a Kohen Gadol? It doesn't have to be a Kohen Gadol, yet our Mishnah seems to indicate that it is. Ella, if you want to say it's Yom Kippurim, which where, where we know the Kohen Gadol is going to be uh, doing the Korbanos that day, that's fine. But then you have an astrological problem or a cosmological problem or whatever the right term is, I don't know. You would not have the moon in the eastern part of the sky to even make the mistake that our Mishnah spoke about that. How could you ever mix up that? We spoke about this on uh, the other day on, on Sunday night about how do you mix up the sun's, the sun's spreading light and the moon's narrow light. So it, the, the moon wasn't even there. So it says the Gemara, you, you misunderstood the first two parts of the Mishnah. Here's really how to understand it. Five lines, lines from the bottom of Testament Aleph. When the person on the roof went up and he saw that the sky was becoming somewhat lit. So then, you're, you're connecting the two parts of the Mishnah the wrong way. It wasn't, it was just going to tell you that the Kohen Gadol has to then go to the Mikvah. But the ratio of the Mishnah was really talking about year round and a non Kohen Gadol, just a fact on the ground. Why do we send them up to the roof to make sure that the Kor- Korban Tamid is brought at the right time with any Kohen throughout the year? Second part of the Mishnah, by the way, when he's on the roof, when he says that the sun's up on Yom Kippur, that's when the Kohen Gadol goes down to the Mikvah together. And starting here, four lines from the bottom, this will uh, this will consume the next Amud or so of Gemara until the two dots toward the end of the page. Let us learn this again now. Tani Avua Derevi Avin, we'll say this name a couple of times tonight, so let's just keep it in our, at least our short-term memory banks, preferably long-term. And what does he say? Lo not only do we say this, not only do we say what? Not only do we say that we burn the korban tamid if it's brought too early, even the following two cases, similar to the korban tamid shel shachar that's brought too early, these get burned as well. What are the two cases? One is malika ta'of, where a bird was killed by the nail of the kohen, a specific procedure. We'll learn about it in shas. And the second was ukmitzas mincha, when you take a, a handful of flour, a of mincha, to bring for the korban mincha. So both of those get burned. So the Gemara on the bottom line of Chavtes and Aleph doesn't understand this. Why? What, these two things are not the same. You're comparing Malika Sa'of, you're comparing the Ola Sa'of to, uh, to flour. Asks the Gemara, Bishlama Ola Sa'of, my Dahabahab. I understand the animal's dead already. You, you killed it with Malika. Okay, you can't, there's no resuscitation for a chicken. We're not stitching things back up. The animal's dead. Fine, I understand. Ela Kome is turning to the top of Chavtes Medez. When it comes to Kome, it's just flour. Nehadra, Venehadra, Venikmatsabiyamama. Okay. So the case was presented that you brought the, the, the kmitzah for the mincha at night, and you're not allowed to do that. Okay, got, I got it. But now that you did it incorrectly, but instead of just saying that you should burn it, put it back in the pile. The flour is hard to make. Yeah, the, the flour they were using was very fine flour. 
took a long time, had to make a grape. Go put the flour back in the bin. Why are we not putting the flour back? Why are we burning it? So answer the Gemara, he asked the question and he answered the question. As mentioned, this is Avuah the Rebbe Avin. He's an Amora. We'll see soon. I mean, in general, it's good to know who's talking, but we'll see soon that his status as an Amora is going to become very important. So why is it that he said that the flower that was brought in error on at the night of, right? It's being brought in error at night because the Korban Mincha is not brought at night. So he took the flower at night. Why, why does it have to be burned? Why can't that flower be returned to the to the container that holds the flower? So answers the Gemara, Hutani uh, Hu Amar Klisharis This is a very important idea. Afilu right? So korban mincha is not meant to be brought at night. Afilu If you bring a korban mincha, you take the kmitah for the mincha at night and you separate it from the flower container. You do your kmitah as a kohen and you move it into a klisharis. Instantly, it becomes kodesh, even though even though you did it at the wrong time. So therefore. You did the korban mincha at night, the kmitzah for the mincha at night, which you were not supposed to do. And you took the flour and you put it on the klishar, it instantly becomes kodosh. And now you can't put it back because it's kodosh. And the rest of the, the initial container of flour is not. Says the Gemara, not so fast. Third line, hold on one second. We have a, uh, we have a Mishnah in, in Tumura that reads as follows. If you have a korban that should be brought in the day, then yes, when it touches a klishar, it will become kodosh. And if you have a procedure that's supposed to be done at night, an avoda that's supposed to be done at night, then yes, it, when the contents touch a klisharis, it will become kodesh. And a third category, if you have a procedure, an avoda, that can be done both during the day and at night, then uh, then kadosh ben biyom uvein balayla. End of the, end of the, the b'raisa in Masechah's Tumurah. So then the Gemara says, Katani Mihas, which always means look back a couple of lines because I'm about to ask you a question. Katani Mihas, however, look in this Brisa and see what it taught us. It said, Kolakari Bayom, Kadosh Bayom, Bayom in Balailolo. What does this Brisa say? When is it that if an item touches a klisharis that it becomes Kodesh? That's only if the procedure was done in its right time. At the top of the page, what was the answer that Baravuha gave? He said, once you take the Kmitsa, the flower for the Mincha, and you put it in a klisharis, it becomes Kodesh asks the Gemara, that's not true. Because the Brisa Masechah's Tmura writes that when does it become Kodesh? Only if it's done at the right time. So our Mishnah, which is speaking about the Mincha, which was done at night, our case that's brought on the bottom of Chav Tetzimad Aleph, says that if you do the Korban Mincha, the Kmitzah at night, which is the wrong time, Tisarev, you have to burn it because it's Kodesh. This Brisa says it's not Kodesh. Biyom, it says, Biyom in Belaylolo. It only becomes Kodesh if it's done during the day, but not at night. The answer is the Gemara, a compromise answer. As we say in the learning world, Apshara. This is a middle-of-the-road approach. Here, here's what the Gemara says, one-third of the way down, Chav Testament. Based, Dilma, eno kadosh li karev, aval kadosh li pasel. Okay, this is like half-holy, right? It's holy, it's not holy enough to be brought in, brought the Hakrava, a maskin. So if you do it in that Bryson, number two, which says, in that when we say that if the, let's say the Korban Mincha is brought during the day, yes, that's where there's holiness, but if it's brought at night, then no. So that Brysa, what it means is that, yeah, it's not, it's not enough to bring it to Hakrava, but it's enough to separate it from the initial pack of flour in order to make it puzzle to put back in the flour. So it's half holy, as it were. Uh, so that's how the Gemara answers this. It asks the Gemara yet again, well, hold on one second. Masiv Rav Zera. Rav Zera asks as follows. Here too, we are talking about a source in the Tanoim. This is the Bryce and Masechet Menachos. We know that typically speaking, the Lechem Hapanim was switched out on Shabbos. And if you did it after Shabbos, that's what the Gemara wants to know. If you took the Lechem and you took the Bazich and the frankincense and you put it on 
uh, after Shabbos. So then it won't be, by the time you get to next Shabbos, it will not have been a week. So then the halacha is ve'hiktir tzabazich in b'Shabbos. And then the upcoming Shabbos, you try to, to uh, do whatever you do with the frankincense. The halacha is that the lechem upon him are psula. So it says the Gemara's father is ketad yasef. What should you then do with uh, with the showbreads? What should you do with the lechem upon him and with the frankincense? Says the Gemara, no problem. Leave it up for another week. You're right. If you put it on after Shabbos, then it will not have been up for seven days. And it's psula. I understand. So what is the Gemara's recommendation? Leave it. Just leave it for a week. And then it will have been up for 13 days. You put it up on Saturday night and then you left it until through one Shabbos up to the next Shabbos, 13 days. At least you exceeded your seven days. So the Gemara's recommendation is if you only put it up on Saturday night, then this upcoming Shabbos, it hasn't been seven days. Let it be. Just let it stay. To ask the Gemara, why? 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 It should be like you said earlier, this half, half Kedusha. It should be that it's puzzle enough. Once you separated it, it should be puzzle enough. And more poignantly is that once you hit nighttime of that night, then it's mavish going to be a problem. That's not, that's not a big problem. So the Gemara doesn't understand the, uh, the recommendation of our Gemara, which is to say that the Korban Mincha, uh, which was done at night, the Kamita was done, Balayla, that it should be uh, considered to be burnt. So answers the Gemara a little more than halfway down. Amar Rabbah, Mandekamosiv, Shafir Kamosiv, you who asked the Kasha, that's, that's a great question. You did a great job. Rabbah is just highlighting the brilliance of the question of Rav Zera. So says the Gemara, it's only a good question if you, uh, if you have a misunderstanding, because what it seems like right now is that the line that we saw at the bottom of Chav Tesamad Aleph in the name of, Bar Habua, uh, of Abu Habar Avin is that he's an Amora, and now he has a Brisa that Rav Zera quotes that disagrees with him. What did, Bar, what did Avin say? Is it Avuha de Rabbi Avin, the father of Avin? What did he say? Avuha de Rabbi Avin said that if you do a Kmitzas Mincha at night, which is the wrong time, it has to be burned. He's an Amora. But we have a Brysa that we just saw that says you can keep it all week. It's not problematic at all. So you have a Brysa against an Amora. Says the Gemara, no, you don't. 12 lines, eight, less, 10 lines from the bottom. The line at the bottom of the previous page, this sugya that we've been talking about, if you do the kmitah of a mincha at night and it should be burned, that's not the sheet of Avod Rebbe Avin. He's quoting from a brysa too. And therefore, we have one brysa against another. We have our Mishnah then, or our brysa that Avuhabar Avin quotes, which says that the korban mincha which is done at night is tisareif. And then we have this new case of the lechem aponim, of the bazichin, where we say you can leave it out. So answers the Gemara, v'kasavar, now you have a brysa against the brysa. So answers the Gemara, v'kasavar, laila, ein mechutzer zman, yom mechutzer zman. So laila, a reference to the korban mincha, ein mechutzer zman. At night, there's no such thing as being outside of your time frame. You can create that kedusha. But yom mechutzer zman, and this is talking about the bazichin, and um, what? What? It was the wrong day. but So they're both the wrong day. But Lila is halachically the wrong day. But the problem is that it was done at night. So you can't even use it for tomorrow because it's ein mechus arzman. The timing is not going to stop the problems of, of psul. So that's what the Gemara says. So then asks the Gemara, fine. I understand your distinction between the, the case of Avuha and the, the case of Rebzeira, between the Bryce and the Mishnah that each of them are relying upon. But what I don't understand is that when it comes to the Lechem Aponim, you have a real problem. According to you who say that Yom is Mechus Arzman, so okay, fine, but then what happens that night? Night's going to hit, and night is Ein Mechus Arzman, and then everything should be problematic yet again. Amaravina, don't worry, Shekadam Vesilku, they took it away before nightfall, and therefore everything was safe. Very good answer, says the Gemara, in contrast to this answer, answer number two. 
They actually took it out. Uh, they actually didn't take it out before dark. Because since they set this up the wrong way, says the Gemara, crazy line, it's like a monkey did it. It's a total zero. The activity that you did, which was wrong, was a zero. And therefore, you get puzzle now. It's a zero. You put the lechem upon him out at the wrong time. You might, the monkey might as well have done it. So therefore, so how does this play in with all the other things? What about the Kmitas Mincha? Okay, that was at night. But that's what the, how the Gemara answers uh, to, to wrap up this little piece of the Gemara is that we had a stira between two Tanaic sources, each then quoted by an Amora. We had the case at the beginning of this sugya where the Mincha, the Kmitas Mincha was done at night. That was the case that was being spoken about by Avuha. Then we had the case of the Lechem Apanim and the Bazichan that were put up on the wrong day after Shabbos. That was the case of Rabzeira. How do we answer them? We answer them as discussed in the Gemara that Laila is Ein Mechutzarzman and Yom is Mechutzarzman. And don't worry about down the road because uh, when you put it up in the first place, it was a Maisa Kof. That was the, the, the Maisa of a monkey. It's interesting to note that in the Halachos of Natilat Yadayim, we do rely on that. We allow for it to be a Maisa Kof, even if a Kof were to wash your hands. One, two. You could, let's say, you trained a monkey to do that. Let's talk about a more practical example. Let's say you walk up to a sink that is um, electronic, not on Chavez, of course, and you put your hands under it. That's my sukkot, right? You're causing it, but there's an, there's an external thing that's happening here. So maybe that's a little more complicated because when it comes to Natila Sedem, we have this principle called koach gavra. Is that koach gavra? Is that not? I've asked Rabbanim over the years, if you have running water, can you stick your hand in the stream of water, you know, twice for each hand? Does that count? So Rabbi Gross from Shaitan years ago, 10 years ago, he told me, he's like, yeah, it's really not such a good idea. And if you don't have a cop, so then you should turn the water uh, on off and then on off and then again switch hands on off and on off. Okay. But here the mysocope was problematic. We're three lines from the bottom of Chavtesim and Bez. Let's continue. Zeha Klau, we said at the end of our Mishnah, Haya Bimikdash, that if he had to go to the bathroom to Kavim Gedolim, then he had to go to the mikvah. And if it was just urine, then he would then have to do Kiddush Adayim Dereglai. This is a, a bathroom suya. Sorry for those who don't like it. That's what the Gemara is going to deal with now. Bishlama Raglayim, I understand. Why, when it comes to urine, uh, why you have to wash your raglayim? We said that by urination that he has to do kiddush adayim the raglayim. I understand raglayim. Sometimes when a person goes to the bathroom, mishum nitzotzo, so there can just be a little bit of urine that gets on the person's feet on their shoes. Eliyadayim, my time. But why then do you have to wash your hands? And again, if 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 there's urine, on, like, I understand you have to wash your hands if your hands get dirty. But if they don't, then they don't. The Amar Rabbi Abba Zoso Meres Mitzvah Lashavchit. That if in fact there is something on your feet, that there's urine on one's feet after urination, then there's a mitzvah, the shaf shape, to, uh, to clean off your feet or your shoes with your hands to make sure that there is no urine there. Why was that such a big deal? Says the Gemara, it was a very important idea, actually, because Nesayla the Rebbe Ami, the Rebbe Ami, the Amar Rebbe Ami, Asar the Adam Shiyetze Benitzotzos Sha'al Gabe Raglov. A person is not allowed to walk in public with Nitzotzos, with, uh, with the splatterings of urine that are on a person's uh, shoes. And with an unbelievable implication. Check this out. Sha'al Gabe Ragla. Why? Because it looks like he has a, a serious deformity in his anatomy. And therefore, uh, when there's urination, it, it doesn't have like a healthy stream. And therefore, it, it looks like he's not able to urinate. And if he can't urinate, then he can't procreate properly. And then, Umoti Lazal Banav Jehimam Zairin. It's such a strong domino effect of saying that we're concerned about mamzerus because the person has urine on their shoes, but that's a, that's a concern. That's a, that, was a, that was a concern. So therefore, it's mitzvah, the shav shave on the top two, line, two words of the Gemara in the name of Rebbe Abba, 
that uh, that's why we have to do kiddush adayim v'raglaim. That was our question. I understand raglaim nitzotzos, but why do you have to wash your hands as well? Because there's a mitzvah to clean off your feet as well if there's urine on your feet after urinating, because we, you have to make sure you don't look like a kruz shavcha, that the results of which would then be uh, improper urination, which implies the, the inability for tash mishamita, which therefore means that if you have children and your wife is the one who bore those children, that there must have been another father. That's mamzerus. So that's what the Gemara says. Next, Sugya, Amara Papa, Soa Bimakoma, Asalikros Kriyashma. If a person has Soa at that part of their body where it exits the body, the halacha is you're not allowed to say Kriyashma. Hechidami, Idinirais Pshita, what's the case? If it's visible, okay, of course you're not allowed to. Everybody knows that. If there is anything visible of Soa, you're not allowed to daven it. And he's alone, Nirais, and if it's not visible, what are you, a Navi? You don't know every, you can't, you can't know everything. You can't, that's not possible. So if there's a tiniest speck of soa, you're, you know, I, people say Shema all the time. You have to just make sure your body's clean. You're not to be perfect. So that's to be good. So it says the Gemara, what case are we talking about where a Papa is teaching us this case? That soa b'makomaz asrulikros, says the Gemara, l'tzricha de yoshev v'nires, omed v'enonires, that it depends on how his body is positioned, that if he's sitting down and the tzoh is visible, and then when he stands up, the tzoh is not visible. That's the chiddush of Rav Papa, that still it's asr to say kriyashma. Asks the Gemara, well, how is this any different than someone who has tzoh on a different part of their body? The itmar, the amoraim, itmar is always amora. The itmar, the amoraim, speak about the following. Let's say that a person has a tzoh on a part of their body. Or their hand is in the base hakise. Machlokes amoraim. Rafuna amar mutar likros kriyashma. One shita says that it's mutar to do so. The Mepharshim explained that if, if let's say that there's on a person's leg, whatever you're, you're holding your baby, and all of a sudden you have a tzoa on your leg. So as long as it's covered, so Rafuna is of the opinion that it's mutar. Rav Chizda says amar asr likros kriyashma. Critical Rashi here. Otherwise, we could not understand this Gemara. Take a look at Rashi six lines down. Dibur hamaskel Rav Chizda amar asr. Remember the case we're talking about is where there's soa al-basaro, uh, somewhere on their body. So it says uh, Rashi explaining Rav Chizdam, why does he say it's Asr? Mishum tomarna, because all of the limbs of your body have to be rawi to give praise to a Kaddish Baruch Hu. mishum aval mishum zoham but because it may not smell good, lo, evikashi l'rapapa mitarbayu, and rapapa, as a double challenge, which is that your case, Rav Papa, Tzoa b'mekoma, that it's in that part of the body where it exits the body, that's an irrelevant factor. The Amorim already discussed this in Rav Papa. Um, I, don't, I think he didn't live much later, if at all, but still, the case was already discussed. So therefore, Rav Papa, what is your case? It says the Gemara, b'mekoma nafizuma. When the Tzoa is uh, in, the, in the makom where it leaves the body, so then nafish uh, zuama, so then it has a more intense smell. Shalom b'makom lo nafish zuama, and therefore, if it's on another part of the body, the cases are different. That's why Rav Papa had to articulate his case, even though the Amoraim already discussed a similar case. The cases are not identical. One third of the way down, Daflam and Amanalaf. Let's continue. Tanarabban on halacha besuda. Let us learn a particular halacha about being at a meal. Adam uh, If a person has to get up to go to the washroom for urination, he has to watch uh, one hand before he comes back into the room. So that's what uh, what the Gemara says. But let's say when you left the table, you talked to your friend for a long time. You have to wash both hands. And when he washes his hands as he returns from the Suda, from this lengthier conversation, you should not walk back in 
having washed your hands outside, you should wash your hands inside so everyone can see that you're washing your hands because you don't want people to think that you didn't wash your hands. Ella, what should he do? come back to the table. He should wash both of his hands. And that's how everyone will know. And then he should hand the, uh, the, the natal, he should hand the washing cup to all the other guests in case they want to wash their hands. And Amr of Chizda, when is this halacha true that you have to wash your hands inside the room as you return from where you went? He says, that's only true if you're at the end of the meal. It was customary that at the end of the meals, they would drink more. I think the Rambam writes this in Hukos Midos, that you should be drinking liquids at the end of your meal. My cousin does this, uh, or he did this in the past, at least. I don't know if he still does. I have to ask him. But he told me that the Gra quotes this, and it's based on the Rambam, that you eat your whole meal and then drink at the end. Apparently, I don't know if it's a medical thing. I don't know how it works, but uh, there is such a sheet. Anyways, it was customary at the time to drink after the meal. So he's finished eating. He's going to come back and he's going to drink wine. Under those circumstances, you should wash your hands. But if you're coming back and you're in the middle of the meal, you can wash your hands wherever you want. Everyone knows you're going to be extra careful about washing your hands when you come back to the meal. I disagree. Everybody knows I'm going to wash my hands when I come back, that I'm going to be particular about it. Nothing, we, would, we for sure would have said this today. You know, everybody, I really hope everybody washes their hands after they go to the washroom. And therefore, it uh, seems to be from the Gemara that, uh, it seems to be from the Gemara, the name of Rav Nachman, that this isn't a concern by Lishtos. New Mishnah. <clears throat> New Mishnah. The Mishnah writes two thirds of the way down on Lamed Amud Aleph. In Adam Nichnas Lazar Lavoda Afilu Tahor Even if you're already in a pure set, state of uh, of Tahara, the halacha is that if you're coming to the Azara for Avoda, so we're talking about Kohanim, you have to go to the Mikvah. And we know, of course, that in the uh, the Kohen Gadol is Chamish Tfilos Vasor Kiddushin Tovel Kohen Gadol Makadish Bovayom. He has five uh, five mikvahs and ten kiddush adayim v'raglayim, and he's going to be tovel on that day when he gets there. V'chulin v'kodesh al beis haparva on the southern wall, uh, on the southern wall. That's the wall where the menorah was. On the southern wall, that's really further out. That's the heichal on the outer walls of the that's of the azara. There was a room called the beis haparva, and that room was a uh, was kodesh. Chutz mizubilvad, except for this very one where where you are going to the mikvah before you get to the azara, which makes sense. You don't want to walk into the azara. Uh, without first being tar, so you have to go to the uh, you have to go to the mikvah before you show up for work. They would set up a sheet of, of linen between him and the people. We'll discuss this not tonight, but uh, over the coming days. They asked the Gemara the basic question: Why is it that we need this uh, this uh, mikvah, that this tefila right before he comes into the azar? So it says the Gemara as follows. Uh, at the opening of the Gemara, eight lines from the bottom on Lamin Omadal. Shalu has Benzoma, Tfilah Zolama, what's the reason? Amar Lahem, so Benzoma responded. And here we're going to see a big machlokes in the Tanoim. Benzoma was of the opinion that it, this was a chiyuv de oraisa, and he gives a gzeir shava. Uma, uh, and he gives a kalvachomen. Uma ha mishana mi kodesh la kodesh, when the Kohen Gadol is switching from one holy room to another. Going from one room where not having gone to the mikvah would have earned you a consequence of karis to another room where not having gone to the mikvah would have earned you a consequence of karis and there tones fila. So then certainly if you're coming from outside the mikdash, if you're coming from outside the mikdash into the mikdash, you're going from the less severe to the more severe. The Gemara doesn't say this, but it should say, Alachas kama vikama kol shikain ben kol shikain It's so obvious. A beautiful argument by Ben Zoma. It's obvious. Pasha, you're, you're, there's chiyuve karis here. You got to go to, what's the question? Like from his perspective, what's the question? 
The more strange sheet is this one, Rabbi Huda, three lines from the Rabbi Huda, Omer, Srach Tvila Hizu. No, this is just, this is Srach. Srach Tvila means that it's a Dinder See, they're totally, uh, they're diametrically opposed sheetas, where he says that there is no Isra of entering that space without going into the mikvah. What does that mean? I should say a little differently. There is no chiyuv to go to the mikvah before you walk into that space. Because remember what we said in our Mishnah, the case was you were already tahor. So, so, so now the question goes back on the Tanakhama. Ben Zoma is going to say that the reason why we have to wash is because you're, you're tame. You're not tame. It says you're tahor. Yet he holds it to Dindel Raisa to go to the mikvah. Ben Zoma says, you're already tahor. What do you, it's, okay, it's good to go to the mikvah. It's a Dindel Rapponim, but it's not a Dindel Raisa. This is their machlokas. We say, yeah, you should make a habit as you walk into the to the holy areas of the mikdash to go to the mikvah because in case, oh, you're right, I'm taka tame. Whatever it is, and maybe you'll remember and then you'll separate from having done something wrong. So now the Gemara wants to know, what is the nafkamina between these two shitas? Ben Zoma holds that there's a din do raisa to go to the mikvah even though you're a tahor prior to entering the azara. The sheet of Rabbi Huda is that it's only a dindar abana. Asks the Gemara last three words on Laman Abanah, the Maikamiflage. What is the Machlokas? Says the Gemara, Be'achule Avoda Kamiflage. What does that mean? Take a look at Rashi. Rashi Dibraham Askel Be'achule Avoda, Im Lo Taval Shachris Ve'avad. We're talking about the implications of this. If let's say it comes time for Shachris and you don't go to the mikvah. Lebenzoma, who holds that it's a dindel raisa, as Rashi says explicitly, Dibraham Askel Lebenzoma. Lebenzoma, Rashi says, De Omar. Because you're missing a key critical component. You have a din do rice, you have to go to the mikvah before your avoda. So because it's a din do rice, to go to the mikvah before your avoda, it's a psul in the avoda. So that's what he says. The benzoma mechel avoda. It right uproots the whole thing. It makes it chulin. You, you violated it. And according to the Rabbi Yehuda, holds it to din do rabbana, lo machel avoda. So asks the Gemara, will the benzoma mean machel? Does he really hold that, that it's le'ikuva? Does he hold that this going to the mikvah is going to be really problematic? Asks the Gemara of Hatanya. Kohen Godol, Shalotavau, the Lokidesh, Bein Beged, the Beged, Uvein Avoda, the Avoda, Avodasokshera. Ben Zoma, you can't, you, you can't say that it's Le'ikuva. We have an express Mishnah here. It's explicitly, it tells us exactly what's going on. And it's absolutely kosher. Let's finish this price. So the price it continues. Echad Kohen Godol, Echad Kohen Hedyod, Shalokidesh, Yadavaraglav, Shachres, Vavadavod, Avodasopsula. So that's by Kidesh, Yadavaraglav. But by Tvila, the first part of this brisa, we see that Avodah Sokshera. So how can Ben Zoma tell me on the top line of this page that Ben Zoma Mechil Avodah, that if you don't go to the mikvah because of the Kavachomer, which requires you to go, it's Mechil Avodah, ruins your Avodah, you're wrong. We have a brisa that doesn't agree with you. Ella, therefore, the Gemara pivots and gives a, a second explanation as to what their Machlokas is actually about. Ella, the Mekam, Be'asei Kamiflage. Oh, all they're talking about is whether or not there's a mitzvah saseh, lebenzoma koi baaseh. And according to Rabbi Yehuda, lo koi as we was indicated from the pashtas of the machloket that we saw on the bottom of Laman of Aleph, that they're arguing about whether it's a din derabanan or a din raisa. Says the Gemara, umi isle, Rabbi Yehuda, hai svara. Does Rabbi Yehuda really hold of this? Thank you again to Rashi. I have no idea what this was talking about. Look to our left a couple of lines up. What svara? Does Rabbi Yehuda really hold as Rashi highlights to Masnisen? Even Did he really require that these uh, the people who would come to the Mikdash that they'd have to have this uh, this Tvila? Even Midrabanan as says the Gemara as follows. The Brisa writes, Mitzora Tovel Veomid Bishar When a Mitzora wants to come in to get his uh, to get his kapara, Bohen Yado, remember he stands to Sharnikanor, his toes and oil, all the things that he does. Fine. 
That's the sheet of the Tanakhama. What does Rabbi Huda say? Why not? So that seems to be a, a stira within Rabbi Huda. You said he's obligated to uh, go to the mikvah, Midrabanan, as he approaches. Yet here we say, not as he approaches, as long as he did it even the night before. Says the Gemara, yeah, but that's different. Hahu kidetani taima shekvar taval mibayera because we there he's the night before he went to the mikvah as long as he was careful then he knows that he's still tower so therefore it's, it's not a requirement at all by the case of the mitzora. So says the Gemara. It's such a ridiculous question with the karila my karila the person who asked this question what were they really asking this couldn't have been it the answer was sitting right in front of our noses it said in there that he went to the mikvah a little bit earlier at night so what. Of course, that's why Rabbi Yehuda would say, in this case, he doesn't need to go to the mikvah again. It's not a steer in Rabbi Yehuda. So says the Gemara, you're absolutely right. You picked up on a good point. The question that we had was really not the question we wanted to ask. It was meant to lead to the following question. One third of the way down, a little bit more, Lama Ramad Says the Gemara, Mishum de Kaboy le Mirma Achrisi Alei. This new brisa that we just learned, the sheet of Rabbi Yehuda, which says, that the Mitzorah, does not have to do another tefillah right when he gets there, as long as he went to the mikvah the night before, that conflicts with the following brysa. Lishka samitzorayin, that in this lishka, in this room that was specific to mitzorayin, shesha mitzorayin tovlin, that that's where the mitzorayin go to the uh, go to be tova. So then Rabbi Yehuda has a, uh, has a very strong language. Check this out. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, lo mitzorayin bilvad amru, ela kol adam. What does that sound like? That every single person is obligated when they get to the Beis HaMikdash to go to the mikvah. So this sounds like a stira. You have the, the previous brysa, which is, uh, you know, 12 lines from the bottom in the name of Rabbi Yehuda, where he says, And then we have this one that says, not only do Mitzorayin have to, everybody has to go to the mikvah. So then you have a stira within Rabbi Yehuda's answers. The Gemara, a whole slew of answers. And this will bring us to the end of today. Lokashia. Once talking about where he was told the night before, and once talking about where he wasn't told the night before. In a case where he was told the night before. So that's the first version of Rebbe Huda. He doesn't really have to go to the mikvah. The second version of Rebbe Huda and the, and the, the, the Lishkas Mitzorayin, that's where he uh, that's where he didn't go to the mikvah the night before, and therefore he's obligated to go. So it says the Gemara, what are you talking about? Either Lotavil, if he didn't go to the mikvah before the night before, you got a big problem. Pair of Shemesh. You don't become Tahor until you have a sunset. So you'd have to go to the mikvah before the sunset the night before. And then he doesn't have to go to the mikvah anew. That I totally understand. But Elo Tavil says the Gemara halfway down, Herb Shemesh play. He won't be Tahor by morning to do his avoda to make it his avoda today to get his kapara. It won't work because we need the sun to set before he's holy enough to step into Shar Nikanor. So it doesn't work, says the Gemara, pivots and gives another answer. Really, you're right. Really, the, the Mitzorah went to the mikvah before Shkia the night before. We're good. What's the difference between Rabbi Yehuda and the, the Brisa on the uh, 10 lines down and Rabbi Yehuda and the Brisa 15 lines down? So it says the Gemara, One person, one in one case, the uh, he went to the mikvah the night before, but he had hasachadas. He doesn't know what happened. He had a crazy night. He couldn't remember what happened. And the other one was, was lo hasachadas. It says the Gemara, if that's what happened, if he had hasachadas, you've got a much bigger problem. If this person had a hesachadas, if a mitzor had hesachadas, he has to start the seven days over. So you can't explain the distinctions between Rabbi Yehuda by saying one was where there was hesachadas and one was when there wasn't. Because if you had a guy who has a hesachadas as a mitzor, he's starting over and he'll need another hazah shlishi and shvi. That's a big problem. How do we know this? To Amar Abdu 
So that answer can't work either. By the way, as a parenthesis, whenever a woman asks Shashayla during Shebenakim, let's say that she has a Badika cloth that's questionable. So the halacha is she should not have a Hesachadas in her Shebenakim. That's a big Shaila in the post game. What if a woman sees a Badika cloth, she thinks she knows, and she's like, forget it. Get it. I'm not wearing uh, Levanim anymore. I'm going to wear colored undergarments. I, I, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm a Nida. I'll try again tonight, whatever. That's a big shayla in the post game because we were not allowed to have a hesachadas and shevenakim. Very similar halacha by the Torah as well. So therefore, this answer does not work to explain the different shitas of Rabbi Yehuda. And let's try one more time, two more times. It says the Gemara, Ella, you're right. Really, he went to the mikvah the night before, before, and he had hair of shemesh, and there was no hesachadas. However, when he went, in one case, when he went to the mikvah, he did not have in mind that he was going to go to the base of mikdash the next day. And therefore, that's the the Bryce about Lishkas Mitzvah, right? Therefore, when he shows up, he has to jump in the mikvah to make sure that he's taller because he, was, he, he didn't go to the mikvah for this purpose. And the other shita says the other way. And uh, therefore, uh, I'm sorry, the other way around. Uh, yeah, that's the first version of Rabbi Yehuda because he went to the mikvah with Das to go into the mikdash. He doesn't therefore doesn't have to go to the mikvah again. And had the the one that's the the brisa that starts with Lishkas and Mitzorayin. So there, had the had the He has to go to the to the mikvah again because his intentions when he went to the mikvah were not about the mikdash. Last uh, approach for the night. The Ibaisema Tani Lo Mitzorayin Amru Elakol Adam. What does that mean? We said there was a stira in the two Rebbe Hudas. So in the, in the Rebbe Huda that speaks about Lishkas Mitzorayin, this Bryce is a little more than a third of the way down. He changes the language of Rebbe Huda. Instead of saying Rebbe Yehuda Omer, Lo Mitzorayin Dolvad Amru, Elakol Adam, it should say Lo Mitzorayin Amru. Take out the word Bilvad. Namely, Mitzorayin don't have to go to the mikvah. And therefore, the two Shittas of Rebbe Huda are the same. Tomorrow night, Amir Tashem will pick up with Ravina. Just one scheduling note that we'll be doing, uh, so we have Shabbos, it's gonna be regular. Sunday, we don't, it's at Derev so we don't learn. However, we're gonna learn Sunday's daf at 11.30 at night uh, for that one daf, it's before all the other shiurim, but we're, we'll learn Sunday's blot. And then Monday and Tuesday, those blot, blot will be uh, an hour an hour before. Minutes. Probably should make them shorter because it's not a blot and a half, we'll make it 45 minutes. Okay, no, wishing you all a beautiful yeah. night. What? Look at you, all night.